welcome to the Yak Sports Podcast with Joe Deck and Leland McRae. Leland, we'll talk about the big news in Region 2B football at the end of the podcast, but it's the winter time. We did football well into uh, winter season. <laughs> so, <laughs> we just just got done with football. Yes. Yeah, let's let's talk. <laughs> let's let's talk basketball. Uh, obviously, with the crazy weather we had last week, it was hard to get games in. But that being said, we did get some games in and uh, I went to a game. Ooh, Wow. So <laughs> apparently we just need fewer games so Leland can go to them. Um, but the big news to me in boys basketball, at least, was Stewart's draft staying undefeated in the district. Yeah. They went to Wilson. They got a win there. And I think that, you know, put Stewart's draft and Coach DeWitt as that team that maybe we didn't give them enough credit early on. If they can keep this kind of momentum going, maybe this is a team that can get into the Region 2B championship and advance to a state tournament. Yeah, I mean, I think we gave them a little bit, uh, especially with how they started. And when we did our breakdown, they had already played some non-district games. Um, They had those three losses. I guess they were probably, what, six and three or something close to that. And and we're like, wow, that's quite the improvement. Um, And then all they've done since then is win. So getting the win against Wilson, I think, was kind of that big step for them. You know, that was the... The biggest test they had come in where, you know, we're waiting on those big matchups. I mean, we're waiting for them to play Stanton. That doesn't happen this week. So, you know, we're still looking for that game. But, you know, that kind of, you know, building up and who you can knock off to kind of prove your point. And and they did that with that win against Wilson at Wilson, 78-72 win. And, and that impressed me. And then, you know, if they would have lost to Wilson, I wouldn't have wrote them off either. I, you know, it depended on how the game went. But the win definitely, you know, makes me think, all right, let, let's see what these boys can do. Yeah, I, I tend to agree there because I think, again, you know, we, we had said that, hey, this is a team that might make a little bit of noise in the 2B playoffs, but outside shot. But they, as the season's gone on, they've continued to impress and they've continued yeah. to build on that. They have a win against Central earlier in the season right. uh, already. So that gives you confidence in 2B when you get into that region tournament. And now with what they're doing to Wilson, um, still haven't played Stanton yet. Uh, if you're a Stewart Straff fan, you'd love to have a respectable showing. I don't even think you need to win those games. I think you just need to be make it respectable to keep that kind of confidence up. Um, of course, they're going to be looking to win those games. They would love to really prove us wrong and, and win the district. Um, but Coach Mickens and the Stanton Storm in their one game didn't really have any trouble. They thumped Stant, or, uh, excuse me Fort Defiance pretty good. Um, wow. I, I don't know. I, gap edges out Riverheads, but... Yeah, yeah, that's going to be kind of just River has scored 44 in both those ball games and they won one and lost one. So we're not, yeah, we're not talking it's seller too deep here. I, it is interesting. And I clicked Stanton's schedule uh, to, you know, cause I, I'm looking to win through draft to play Stanton. That game got rescheduled for February 7th. Mm-hmm. So Stanton's schedule, I know I looked at this from the other side of things, but Stanton's schedule through there, they play at draft on a Friday home against Wilson on a Tuesday home against draft on a Wednesday. So in short order, with only Saturday, Sunday, Monday between these games, uh, you know, they're going to play draft twice in Wilson. So we're, we're not going to know the top of this district until the second to last week of the season. Yeah. Uh, and that's that's weather. Um, yeah. But on the girls side, uh, Buffalo Gap continues to cruise. Uh, Wilson is at that least- was the game I was at. Yeah. Well, I saw Buffalo Gap live and in person and. 
you know, it was one of those, it's a typical Riverheads Buffalo Gap game. And the final score ends up showing 47-19, and that shows demolishment. Early, it was just no one was scoring. It was just one of those ugly, physical games. Everybody's running into each other. Looked like there had been some snow days. (laughs) So it wasn't that Buffalo Gap stood out to me that night, but you could see those pieces and what they were doing. And seeing the other results this season, I know what Gap is. I know they're good. I know they have that talent. And in the second half, you started seeing it really come on, and and the shot making was a lot more consistent. So I, I'm really impressed that Avery Bradley, uh, very good. Um, the tally girl, very good. Uh, Hannah, Coll- I mean, just I, I'm really impressed with what they have. So it's going to be, I, I don't know. It, it didn't make me lose anything by seeing that. Even seeing them play ugly, I think it might maybe reinforced it that even in an ugly game, they still you know win by 30 points. So you know. I, they're a good team and and well coached like we know they are. I mean, that's the thing about this team is what we know about them. It's not what we think they can do. It's right. not what they're built from. We saw them go to the States last year. So we know what they had. We saw them competing in the district a year ago. And so this year they, they stepped it up, but we know those pieces and what they can produce. And, and, and seeing that live and in person was, was pretty helpful to know what what's going on in that league. Yeah. I, I tend to agree. I, I think that what we're going to see is, uh, well, we touched on it last week. Buffalo Gap is just that much better than everybody else, and I think that we're going to continue to show that. So. Um, but the good news, if you're Wilson, um, they've responded since losing to Buffalo yeah. Gap. They've won three straight, uh, and they seem to be on a nice little run. They're going to play Fort yeah. Defiance, who's actually, you know, had a much better district season than they had non-district season. So they're going to put a test to Fort Defiance and see what they're able to do. Um, but. Uh, for for Wilson, I think the win against Stewart's draft kind of maybe stopped people hitting the panic button there after yeah the the kind of lopsided victory that Buffalo Gap had over them. So and, uh, and as these games get rescheduled, it, it kind of set up to a, a regular scheduled programming as mm-hmm. being the biggest games this week for boys and girls. It's that Fort Wilson matchup, and that, and how often is that in the Shenandoah district? Those two. Uh, teams that used to be three C teams usually right. battling them out. Now fortifies down to two B, but you know that that's still that you know backyard brawl kind of mentality there. So uh, both on the boys and girls side, just kind of watching that matchup on Tuesday night, I think is going to kind of be the key to the week and start to start to tell us more. Um, you know, I think on the boys side, particularly, we see a lot of the bottoms playing a lot of the tops. Uh, so you know, we're not going to see a whole lot this week and and come back next week and really know more. Uh, but I do think that game right there kind of starts separating that two, three range uh, on both boys and girls. I think you're probably right. Yeah. Uh, on the college side, Virginia Tech men's basketball continues to be a bit of a roller coaster. Uh, they had the fall against UVA. Then they go back up against NC State, which is yeah. <laughs> weird. Um, but, yeah, I, I don't know what to make of this Tech team. They play Boston College and Georgia Tech. Uh, this week, they could very easily win both of those. They could very easily lose both of those, or they could split. Who knows? I think it's time. It's time for them to win both. I mean, that's that's where I feel like we're at. You know, what are they? What aren't they? I think those two games. I, I just look at well, that. As, you just got to win these and improve it. They're home games. You know, these, this isn't undefeated North Carolina rolling in here. It's Georgia Tech and and, and Boston College in the opposite order. I, I think it's if if Tech is gonna give me hope down the stretch of really making some kind of run to being in the tournament. I, I think you got to win these and, uh, and, and start building from that and start playing at that level and playing like an upper half of the ACC team. 
losing these games is in an upper half of the ACC team. I was going to say, when you said, what are they, what aren't they? Uh, my what aren't they is consistent. I, I don't think this is a tournament They're not team. the best. No, I don't think this is I, a tournament I want them to be team. an upper half ACC team. I don't think they're that. I don't. They're not good enough. The way they've played this year is not an upper half ACC team. It's just not. This is too inconsistent. When you see a win like against NC State, you think, okay. When you see a win against Clemson, who was ranked in an upper half, you think, okay. But then, yeah. You, I mean, then UVA, you, that UVA game was frustrating because UVA is not good. Yeah, and, neither one of these teams like, is great this year. Tech right? hung around in that game only because UVA is not very good. Yeah. <laughs> like, like, terrible. Uh, and for UVA, uh, UVA got two wins. yeah, they got two wins. They beat Tech. Then they go to Georgia Tech, get a win. They play NC State, a team that roughed them up last time. They played this year. They'll get a second chance at them on Wednesday. We'll see how that goes for them. Um, they're four and three. They're sixth in the ACC. Virginia Tech is eighth in the ACC, which I guess technically is, you know, upper half if you want to really cut the conference in half. But in terms of tournament good, they're not tournament good, I guess. Going back to Tech, they're not tournament good. I don't know if they're NIT good. Um, the way this season has gone, it they just haven't been that solid. Too inconsistent. Uh, JMU men, uh, they got a couple much-needed wins against UL Monroe and Marshall. Now they go to ODU and to Appy State. The at Appy State is a great way to avenge the loss in Harrisonburg. I'm just not sure it's going to happen. Um, that's not to say that I've given up on JMU getting into the tournament and winning the Sunbelt Championship because that's a neutral floor, but I think going yeah. to Appy State might be really tough. Yeah. I mean, you want to go down there and battle in the very least. Mm -hmm. I, I think you're going oh, to yeah. get smoked. I'm going to have a lot more doubts uh, losing to Appy State twice and getting smoked. And I, I mean, I just, that's not what you want to see at this point. Uh, so hopefully battle in that game and, and we won't lose all hope. Uh, but if they can pull up a victory, that, that puts you right back into thinking. Oh, sure. sure. So, uh, yeah, I'd much rather be forced to beat Appy State on a neutral court uh, than right now. And, and they'll get that opportunity you know, they'll have the opportunity to play into that kind of game. So, mm -hmm. yeah, see what they got. ODU's at the bottom, aren't they? ODU's not having a very good season. No. Yeah. On the women's side, uh, Tech lost to Duke, beats Clemson. Yeah. Well, they lost Georgia more, and, and that, that's it, a big it helped, deal. It proved how important she is. And that's not, mm -hmm. I mean, you take the best player off any team. And they're going to have some issues, especially against a team like Duke, a, program, a women's program that is Duke. So uh, that was a lopsided loss. Uh, you know, I don't know how they handle that game when they lose or mid-game, you know, like early in the game. But, like, you, don't, you didn't have a game plan coming in of not having Georgia more. We saw in the Clemson game, you know, them have a different approach with a different starting lineup. But they're going to need her back. And so uh, Georgia Tech, maybe they can get by without her. But Syracuse, they got to have her. So uh, I'm hoping she's coming back. Not a lot being said about her injury and how long she'll be out and whatnot. So we just sit here and wait every game. I'm looking at the starting lineup to see if she's back. And of course, you're splitting hairs when you say best player with Georgia more because Elizabeth Kitley yeah. is still on that team. So. Yeah, 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 yeah. That, I mean, that's fine. But like, one I mean, of, I'm sure, yeah. I'm sure those two players say the other one's the best player. So yeah, that's I mean, probably you're, fair. You're losing top level player of the ACC, that's not going to go unnoticed. So uh, yeah, we need her back. Got to have her back. Absolutely. Uh, JMU women, they lose to Troy. At Troy, other than that, wins all around the Sun Belt for the JMU women as well. They're going to be up there with right about the JMU men. I think, you know, Sun Belt championship game is should happen for both those teams. And winning is 
possible and very likely, I think. So they're going to continue that run. For VCU women, uh, they they beat up on LaSalle uh, this weekend. Uh, now they're going to go to Dayton and to George Mason. Uh, Dayton is a Wednesday game at 11. And then the George Mason game is right there at 3 o'clock, same time the Ravens are playing. So uh, it's at George Mason. Uh, so I think I'm, me and a buddy have already got plans to watch the game. So I think we're going to be watching the game probably, and I'll just have a second screen experience there for the VCU women. Um, but yeah, I you know for for the Rams, uh, they're playing well. The LaSalle game was interesting in the in the sense that they went into the locker room down um, to a LaSalle team that I they w- were supposed to beat. And then in the third quarter, they scored 24 points in the entire first half. In the third quarter, they scored 26 points. I mean, just blew the roof off in the third quarter. Yeah. Really started making shots. And LaSalle, you know, they come in. They, they're talking a lot about the number of three-pointers they shoot. In the first half, they really attacked the paint strong. Uh, did very well in the paint. Uh, scoring 12 points in the paint in the first half out of their 28. And then in the second half... Half their shots are from beyond the arc, and none of the points they scored are beyond the arc. So it, it kind of goes back to one of the reasons they shoot so many threes is because they get behind. Um, in that game, I, I felt like they abandoned the inside, and VCU took advantage. Um, VCU is among the top teams in the country in rebounding margin. They do have the number one scoring defense in the country. So if you're going to just chuck shots from the outside and you shoot on the season, they're shooting 29%. In that game, they shot like 11%, I think it was, from the three-point line. So uh, when you're playing a team that is in the top 15 and rebounding margin, it's really tough to get second chances there. And VCU just kind of put a stranglehold on them in that second half and really uh, took control of that game, which was great to see if you're VCU. Good, good. NFL time. The playoffs are here and been here and uh, sorry, bad transition, but uh, (laughs) we got the NFL and uh, let's talk about the games we have coming and how we got here. Chiefs and Ravens will face at 3 p.m. Sunday. You were talking about your plans for viewing. I am not so lucky of decision making. I will be occupied at 3 p.m. on Sunday coaching basketball. Uh, So we will get through the just under an hour kindergarten through second grade boys basketball game and then we'll rush home and I'm thinking I'm just going to pick it up where it is I don't think I'm going to try to do the record and uh no one tell me thing I think I'm just going to pick it up uh you know hopefully before halftime yeah uh so I think that game will it'll be interesting in the second half. I don't think like I'll miss the game if I miss the first half I think it'll be interesting in the second half if I'm wrong it's probably not going the way I want to see it anyway so <laughs> You mean the Ravens but, winning? Yeah, because that's yeah. What I would want. think they're, if 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 one team's going to blow the other one out, I think it would be the Ravens. But I think that because of how good the Ravens looked against the Texans, and uh, you know, this is going to be a theme through. We're breaking these down. I credit all the credit in the world to the Texans and what they did with Stroud in that and making that draft pick and what they were able to be this year. And they were good, winning that playoff game, awesome. And even early in this game, like they they came to play. Mm-hmm. It's just the Ravens were better, and I think that's what was shown there. So it wasn't all of the Ravens just knocking off some poor football team. It was just the Ravens are really darn good and playing really darn good right now. And uh, they knocked off the Texans. So credit, credit to the Texans on a great season, but they just came up to what they're not quite at yet. And that's, 
you know, Lamar Jackson kind of doing what he wants and that defense playing really well. Yeah. Uh, it, honestly, it was a second half game for the Ravens. I thought I, I felt yeah, like, yeah, yeah. I, I really felt, you know, at halftime, I was worried halftime. I was really yeah. worried of that game because I just felt like, all right, the Texans are not really moving the ball on offense, but we're not moving the ball on offense. And we've already seen one special teams breakdown. I do feel like we're yeah. a few, mo- there were a few moments in that first half where I was like, it's a wonder Lamar didn't turn that over there. Um, and then in the second half, it was, I do think there in the second half, you kind of saw the coaching staff make adjustments, which I think is huge, but also Lamar even talked about it in the post game. And that first half, it was kind of like, okay, we've had like two, three weeks off. Now we're ready. And in that second half, they came out, the defense kept doing whatever they wanted to do. And then the offense really turned it on and there was no stopping them. Likely had, there was a touchdown pass to Isaiah likely where he just perfect touch pass and likely, I mean, it was, I, I texted uh, the VCU producer, uh, one of my bosses, when I'm doing VCU games, is also a Ravens fan, and I texted him. I was like, that was maybe the most beautiful, like, touch pass I have seen Lamar throw in his entire career. Because it was just, the first thing that popped in my head was, that's figure skating on a football field. Because the way he catches <laughs> it and, like, spins, yeah. just holding the ball up with one hand, I was like, that's beautiful. That's beautiful. <laughs> that's beauty right there. Um, and you know, at that point that was just like icing on the cake to bury the Texans, yeah. but now the Ravens have, you know, an embarrassment of riches coming up in this chiefs game. You're, you're going to have Mark Andrews back for that game. You're going to have Isaiah likely still, you're going to have Zay flowers. OBJ might not be playing, but that's okay. Cause I think OBJ gets in the way. Um, and, and now you have Dalvin cook, who's getting more and more playing time, getting back up to football speed to give you the Gus Edwards option. And then you have the justice Hill option as well in the backfield with Lamar. I, this is a Ravens team that is honestly, it's getting healthier at the right time. Uh, and the defense has stayed healthy in the Houston yeah. game. We didn't lose anybody, which I think is crucial. Um, Kansas city is playing better than I thought they would in the playoffs. Um, I am a little worried that the script writers are now seeing a storyline of Taylor goes to Vegas and the Super Bowl, And, you know, there might be some last minute rewrites, but I will say the way this postseason and the way this regular season has gone so far, it does kind of feel like the Ravens can get to Las Vegas and get to a Super Bowl now, especially with the Bills out of the way. Because what concerned me with the Bills was they were the hottest team in football, it felt like, in that second half of the season leading into the playoffs. Uh, but Josh Allen, you know, missed some throws. Bills receivers dropped some passes. They went away like they became like the best rushing team. And then this is jumping to the Chiefs mm-hmm. uh, Bills game. It seemed like they're the best rushing team in the game in the second half of the season. And that's what built their success. And even in that game, they were running the ball really well. And then all of a sudden they cycled in those like 40 yard passes a lot more. And it just it felt like it where they were having a lot of third and threes and maybe some fourth and ones. Now they're like third and sevens and further back. And so it, it really changed the game there. And so I, I was surprised with the play call and kind of shifting in that game. Because, I mean, they, that's a team that fired their offensive coordinator and then went on a run with the different guy calling the plays. You know, I, I just was surprised to see that. I think you could really tear that apart on why they lost. Um, I mean, that was an entertaining game. It, I, it was 27-24 with 11 minutes to go, 14 minutes to go. 
And Tony Romo says, it just feels like the defense is going to you know, end up making the game-winning play. No one else scored from that point on. And there was some craziness. You had a fake punt because there's only 10 men on the field for the Chiefs, which initially I didn't know that. And so I'm like, I don't, I'm going for a fake punt there. But if that's the read, I start to accept that's what the read is because you should be but, able to beat 10 people with 11. But okay. it didn't work worth nothing. Okay. But then they get bailed out with the fumble through the end zone, which I don't know why people don't understand that rule by now. And if the rule's great or not, I don't know. But, it, like, I don't know. I've seen that so many times. I, I don't – I'm never confused about it. I just thought he was going to be down. He wasn't. There's a fumble out of the end zone. The other team gets the ball. That's the rule. So, it just – it was some craziness. It was an entertaining game. Um, both teams had their chances at the end. But it was crazy. Yeah, two things. Um, on the fake punt, I, I heard him say, like, right after the play was over, oh, the Chiefs only had 10 guys, so maybe they – you know, that's a call into that. Can the call into that be a pass? Because if there's one guy less than what the Chiefs need to play defense, there's probably going to be somebody open. To see who that is. There's yeah. gonna be, there might be somebody open. Because yeah. the up man on a fourth and three, what that was, the up man's really running six to seven yards on that play. And mm-hmm. I just really don't think – because you weren't expecting that. And it's not your running back. It's running not your ball. running back. It's not, it's not a guy that's it's used not to a guy. It's not a guy who's terribly fast. I, I just thought bold. And – it was. They didn't get it. Then, as you said, out. as you said, the the Chiefs fumble through the end zone, so it's a touchback. I I hope they never change that rule. I know people don't like it because of whatever, but I, there are so many rules that are against the defense. If that one is in favor of the defense, good for them. And, and I heard Ryan Clark talking about it today. Uh, I saw a clip on social media, and I thought he was exactly right. The end zone is different with every rule. If you yeah. catch it, come down, and then I punch it out, it doesn't matter because I've already caught it two feet down in the end zone plays over. If I'm if a player's running and sticks the ball out and it goes over the goal line and then pulls it back, it doesn't matter. It already crossed the goal line. It's a touchdown. It, there are so many different if rules when it comes pylon, to the end zone. If you catch the pylon. Yeah. Like, yeah. There are so many different rules when it comes to the end zone. That's that's a different rule when it comes to the end zone. If you fumble through the end zone, yeah, it's a touchback. I'm fine with it. And the defense gets the ball. I don't want the offense to get the ball where the ball's fumbled. I don't like that. I honestly think if a if a player fumbles, period, it should be like basketball. If if the offense fumbles and it goes out of bounds, turnover. Just hold, hold on the ball. Hold on the ball. Um, now, but that'd be something. Now, man, if you fumble the ball out of bounds and it goes to the other team, whoo-wee, that'd be something. Now, I would say this: <laughs> if a defensive player touches it and then it goes out of bounds, then it's out on the defense. The offense keeps the ball. Like. That's I want that to be like basketball. I don't know if I'm on board for this rule, but I know it'd be crazy if it was. A rule. It would be crazy. It'd be a lot more opportunities for the referees to mess that up too. Um, but... We need to try this in the US, that new XFL, the UFL. UFL uh, yeah, we need to try it there. Sure. I want to um, see what that looks like. I'd love it. Um, <laughs> scramble for the ball. And plus, doing it with like second level players. Let's let's have at it. You won't have people knocking the ball out of bounds intentionally. I guarantee you that. Um, yeah, we're just wiping it back in. Yeah, that would be exciting. Now you're on board. Um, but yeah, I, I like the touchback rule there. Uh, and yeah. so when the Chiefs fumbled and it went through the end zone, when I was watching it live, I thought he was down. And even even with the replay, I was like, I don't know. It looks like he might be down. But they called a touchback. It didn't hurt my feelings because I kind of had invested in the Bills. And then I, I'll tell you this. When they, you were talking about the running and then the deep shots and all that craziness when they got stuffed on that first and 10 
after the big yeah. pass play. And then it was second and nine. I was like, they're not going to score. Like, yeah. I just knew. I was like, they're not going to yeah. score. And they line up for that long field goal in the wind. And I was like, oh, boy. And as soon as he kicks I, it, I texted you, oh, boy, before he even kicked it. Because I was like, <laughs> I don't think this is going to go. I I don't know. I don't know if I saw it not being made. I, it went through my brain. How could he miss it? But I thought too much time on the clock. That was my that was my line of things. Too much time on the clock. Mahomes is going to come down and score. Like Chiefs are going to win. They like they stopped him for this field goal. They're going to win, and uh, they won before that. Um, while we're here, I for all the Taylor showing, and last week I touched on it, and I blame the media for the Taylor yeah. overdose because it's the media's fault. It's not her fault. It's, Jason Kelsey stole the show. I loved it. I mean, he's out there shirtless, chugging beer, hanging out the window, yelling when his brother scoring a touchdown. When he scores a second one, he's in the background. Just ch- like that dude is welcome at my house anytime. Like, I think he fit in. I think he could come watch March Madness with us. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I, I like him. It might be because I wasn't rooting for the Chiefs in that game. And so it was. Annoying, I liked that but... something else was the focus. It's like, for me at least, like, it gave me like they're like they're showing because of Taylor, but all, like here's here's caveman being crazy. Like I I was in. Nah. What are you? It's coming to your house this week. Yeah, maybe not. Maybe we don't let them in the stadium. Maybe their tickets don't. Nah. Maybe the, the NFL would override that real quick. Maybe the Roger Goodell not... would just be like, nope, wherever you'd put me, that's where you're gonna put her. And set that's the fine. Up, Roger doesn't have to come to the game. Her. Roger doesn't have to come to the game. Scanner's not working. Sorry, sir. <laughs> sorry scanner's not work uh you, you got a counterfeit ticket sorry it's not happening yeah, um i don't i mean her presence doesn't make a difference so no she'll be at the game i'm sure and jason kelsey will he be there be. and yeah. hopefully hopefully we don't give him a reason to celebrate hopefully they're getting sad shots and maybe we get a taylor crying and a jason kelsey passed out in the suite from drinking too much from watching his brother have a bad game i don't know <laughs> I like that dude. Um, all right. So on the NFC side, the 49ers, the Ooh. one seed, uh, like the Ravens, they did not look as good. Lucky and uh, they they were in a battle with the Packers. And definitely either team could have won that game. Lucky as sin, the 49ers. That was not good. I was sitting there. I was like, man, the Lions have got to be so pumped right now. Like, although yeah. they did lose to the Packers on Thanksgiving. But they, the Lions for a minute thought, wait, we might be hosting the NFC Championship if we beat yeah. the Buccaneers. And then yeah. for me, I was sitting there, I was texting my buddy, I was like, dude, if the 49ers lose to the Packers, get the rings ready. It's over. I don't even know why we're playing the rest of the playoffs. It's <laughs> that over. is that is something I was texting. Was wow, these Packers. I don't know if I'm rooting for this because I need the Ravens to lose at some point. <laughs> but. Um, the, they did just enough to win the game. The bad news for the 49ers in this game is the Lions defense is predicated on stopping the run. And I think what we saw in that Green Bay game, more than anything, if you slow down Christian McCaffrey and that rushing attack, Brock Purdy, not very good. For you. Not very good. He made the passes he needed to in that game, but man, was that an adventure. Yeah, I... Uh... I'm hopeful. I'm hopeful for the Lions. The Lions that beat the Buccaneers. I would like the Lions. Yeah. I'm 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 there. I'm I'm that's who I'm rooting for because they're the underdog. And I know I'm there with a lot of people. My Steelers are out of it. And not on the NFC side, I was already kind of rooting for it. I've been high on them for two years. 
yeah, I'm I'm hopeful. I am I'm increasingly hopeful about what they can do at the 49ers. I don't think they need the home stadium to win. So uh yeah, I'm I'm very optimistic. I, I'm rooting for both the road teams this week. I realize that's weird to do in a, in a championship weekend, but that's what I that's where I'm at. Yeah, in our friend group, we have um, a Cowboys fan, which is my brother, uh, a cousin. Also, who's you're a, in the closet, Cowboys fan. Too. A cousin who is a Lions fan and two Ravens fans and then a agnostic. I don't know what he is, um, but <laughs> just a fan of football, the Shield. Um, oh, so a Jets fan, huh? <laughs> but, you know, we were talking in our friend group. I was like, man, I really hope the Lions make it, Chris. I was like, we've, he's we've, just wearing the NFL emblem on his head. Yeah. I was like, I really <laughs> hope the low. Lions make it. We've never had a Super Bowl with both. Usually it's only the Ravens fans that have their team in. Um, but if there's a team in and I was like, we've never had, you know, Super Bowl with both teams uh, in. I was like, that would be fun. And I was like. And two of us would leave super happy after the Super Bowl, and one of us would be really sad. And he was like, why does it have to be one of us would be really sad? <laughs> I was like, well, I mean, you get it. <laughs> but, the other side of that Lions game is credit to Baker Mayfield. I like, told you. You were hating. He's a, he was balling. I was hating. He balled. And he does that. That's what he did in college. And that's why I did have fear of him in college, of winning those games and knocking off Georgia or something like that. Cause he, he was a gamer. He was just that kind of guy, but in the NFL, it hadn't played. Uh, he's been to the different teams. He just, he hadn't shown it to me. He hadn't shown me that he could do that. And uh, so credit to him. I probably, I won't doubt him as quickly next time. I'm not, I'm not a, I'm not gonna be rooting for him, but I might, I won't doubt him as quickly. So he, he balled, he nearly did enough to win that game, uh, but he didn't. And so he, he lost, but he, he gained some respect. I'll give him that credit. Yeah. I hear that. Um, I thought it was weird how much the announcers in most all the games had to tell me how good of a game it was. Is that, do I just miss that every other week or is that, was that, I weird think it was because week? last week they weren't, I think it's because last week those yeah, games was were it just like ugly. a message from the NFL. Like, Hey guys, make sure you're telling everybody these are good game. Like, is that what was <laughs> happening? I thought it was weird. Yeah. I just, I don't know, man. <laughs> It's like multiple times. And like, I can say Mike Tarico, who lives in Detroit. Yeah. I'll start to accept that. Like, okay. He's a Detroit guy. I'll accept it. But like uh, the Fox guys on Saturday were just really just every time they showed those. I mean, this is just, this is just a good old football game. Man. This is just a good football. Game. I was like, all right, let's talk about the game and not just say general statements. And then on Sunday night, I mean, there, I mean, it was a great football game. I'm not saying it wasn't, but like, Romo and Nance are just telling me how good of a football game it was. It's like, just do your normal thing and talk about the game and stop telling me that. I. Well, but that's because Tony Romo can't talk about the game. Tony Romo. I'm I'll be honest. The fact that he's doing the Super Bowl and the AFC championship game. I'm depressed. Well, I'm depressed because I've got to listen to that. Again, it's not news. We, we knew he was doing that in August. I mean, he's yeah, I just I don't like it. I don't like it. As much as I love Jim Nance, I hate Tony Romo like. He has worn on me. I not haven't uh, defended Romo to you in the past, but I've never been there with you. I've poked at little things he said, but overall, okay. Nah, he's he's wearing on me. He he I don't know. He was the week before, he's telling me how great the Steelers were. And I was like, okay, man, like <laughs> I'm a Steelers fan and I don't I can't buy what you're selling right now. Like it's just it's just he's a lot. 
he's a lot. It's and it's like the he doesn't. It makes finish, me appreciate Troy Aikman more. My goodness, he doesn't finish sentences. He doesn't even finish thoughts. Like he just like stops mid thought, and then you have dead air, and you're like. God, Jim yeah, Nance, get us, not even dig us out, out of, of this I hole. I noticed that. Dig us out of this he, hole, Jim Nance. Like, he doesn't complete his thought, and then there's nothing. It's not like he's getting out of the way or the play starting, which you and I work in that It was on that fumble. Get in that spot. I need to shut up. But, like, that's not what he's doing. Yeah, it was on that fumble where they're reviewing it, and he's like, I, I don't know. Mm. And I'm like, say something, you idiot. <laughs> like... I was just like, God, get him off. Like, this is yeah. honestly, if Greg Olson should get that job, fire, the day I, Tony Romo I, or Tom Brady gets that Fox job, CBS should fire Tony Romo and bring in Greg Olson because Greg Olson is great at that. Greg Olson is an excellent analyst. I, I think it's a risk bringing Tom Brady in. I know why they're doing it. I, I get it. It's Tom Brady. It's a risk because what if Tom Brady sucks at that? And then you've already agreed to pay him all this money, so it's whatever, I guess. But I, I'll tell you though, I, I'm not saying that Greg Olson isn't good. I'm not disagreeing with you. I think he's good. It just sounds like a number two booth. I don't know, man. It doesn't. Oh, it doesn't Kevin Burkhart, like Greg Olson are good. They're good. They're good. I like the Fox booth. I just feel like I've grown up in these booths, like. Where most of the booze, like, I know Monday Night Football maybe won't be the case, but, like, the command that number one booth brings, it, I don't know, when you hear it, you know you're watching a big game, and I know people talk about that, and you might roll your eyes at it, but, like, I just don't, I don't get that from them yet. I, maybe I need to see them calling more big games. I mean, this is, this is year two, and honestly. I think they did a Super Bowl last year, didn't they? They did do the Super Bowl. They did do the Super Bowl. But I just I'm not there yet with them. I don't know. I, I I think they're good. I just it doesn't seem like they don't make me feel like it's a big game. Now I mean they told me it was a big game. They told me it was a really good game that I was watching. I, I don't know. I'm a little mad at all the announcers this week. So that might it might not be my best weekend to talk about that. But I was gonna say I I I couldn't disagree with you more on this. I think they're one of the best booths. I think the complete booth, I think they might be number one. They're really solid. The play-by-play guys in the NFL, I, I don't think, are hate all Buck as much as everybody else does. I think the play-by-play guys in the NFL are all solid. Um, I like solid. Jim Nance. They... I like Joe Buck. I like Mike Tirico. I like Kevin Burkhart. Um, I do like Tirico a lot. And... I don't. I don't hate Collinsworth as much as people do either. Uh... I tell you I what, know. he's not the worst, only because Tony Romo has a job. <laughs> I like Buck and Aikman, and I used to hate Aikman because he's a cowboy. But even more in the last like four or five years, it seems like he's quicker to like kind of talk crap on people. I was gonna say I think wrong. And I like really respect that. I yeah. really like when I hear that out of a booth. I think his sugarcoating as he's gotten older, I was gonna make the same yeah. point. His sugarcoating has become less. He he'll just be like, you know what, that's not very good. And I'm and like, I don't yeah, know. I, I mean tell me. you can't tell me when you hear Joe Buck and Aikman, you're doing like if it's default, if you're watching a tweet, what that's big the game best was Monday night booth. Like, you know, like they just have that feel to them. That's the best Monday night booth we've had in a very, very long oh, time. Oh, easily. Yes. That was such a big get. I mean, and then like people were like, well, they overinvest. No, they had circus booth for a couple and they had decent guys come through. I like Dan Schulman, but Dan Schulman's not Monday night football. Dan Schulman's I mean, a great had... college basketball announcer though. I do love him in that. Yeah. I love Dan Schulman. I really do. But I get just, good it hadn't too. been what it should have been. They, they lost Tariqa was their problem. Um, and they just tried to fill that gap for too long a time. 
Um, so yeah, all that's building up to the Super Bowl. Three weeks away, we have the bye week in between, or as uh, Dan the Man tried to say, no, that's the Pro Bowl skill games weekend. And yeah, that doesn't count as a week. Uh, there's a bye week between the championship games and the Super Bowl in Las Vegas on CBS. Um, so that's what we're getting ready for. Um, is that all we have on football? Um, I guess because I don't, I don't have anything else there. Um, I just we'll have a guest sometime on this podcast again sometime. Yeah, eventually. I don't know. Somebody just has to do the production, and somebody hasn't done that. It probably won't be Tony Romo. (laughs) It will be Tony Romo. I just I don't know, man. I I don't like criticizing announcers because I do that job, Um, and Tony Romo will get paid more than I ever will. So credit to him. Um, But. Yeah, I just I don't know. I I don't I don't think he does a good job. I never bought into the hype. I, predicting the play before it happens is it's a cool party trick. I yeah, but, but any to me, like quarterback fresh out of the league is going to do that. Yeah, I was going to say to me, I, I was like, that's more of a parlor game. Like that, that's not something I need out of my broadcast. It, it made me not question that he at least like was somewhat smart for football, like football smarts. Like it made me like not just be like. Because I am not quick to like Tony Romo before then. <laughs> like, I, even the same problem I had with Aikman. He's Cowboys quarterback, so I'm against him. And so that was like, okay, he really does understand this game. He wasn't just – because, I mean, they didn't win with him. Like, they didn't win a Super Bowl, so, like, what am I so – Well, insert quarterback since Troy Aikman. Yeah. Um, But, yeah, it's – I don't know. Mike McCarthy being I brought back was a bit of upset. Uh, Patrick Height posted, now that the Lions are in the NFC Championship game – the only long, the the longest uh, since the NFC Championship game is now the Commanders, but the second team is the Cowboys, and I'm like, mm, that's that's special. Well, but you know, Mike McCarthy being brought back, you you alluded to it that Jerry's not quick to pull the trigger, and he didn't pull he the trigger here. Now, what they didn't do was extend him, so I do feel like this yeah. next year's it because his contract runs out. I don't see them bringing him back. I I don't understand the point of that if I'm being perfectly honest, um, because to me, I don't know what you're pointing at and saying that was the problem we need to improve on. Your problem is either Dak Prescott, which is a hard contract to get out of, or Mike McCarthy. I don't know. I think, the I don't know. I mean, the other side of it is they're winning 12 wins. They're putting themselves in good positions going into the playoffs. Like, But you got smoked by the 49ers. Yeah. You lost but to the Dolphins. Like, do I bring somebody else in? Like, unless you're getting. I, I think mean, you can get a better coach than Mike McCarthy. I do. Who, I, like who? I don't know. Jim Harbaugh, Bill Belichick. Those are the big names. Then there's the coordinators. You don't think the Lions offensive coordinator would go to Dallas if he got offered that job? I do. He's about to take the Washington job. I think he would take the Dallas job. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. All right, D-block time, where we have plenty to talk about. So I don't know who's going to talk about what, but we're going to talk about a bunch of things. Okay. Let's lead off the D-block with the big news out of Region 2B. Okay. So if you listen to the opening and said, hey, there's high school football news, and now I've listened to these guys talk about all this other stuff until then, we're going to talk about it now. Region 2B, coaching shakeup. Coach Yo out at Central Woodstock. He chose to step away from the football team. I believe he will stay on as the AD at the school. 
but somebody else will run that football team. And, uh, you know, he really did a great job in 17 years. He capped it. He couldn't really capped it off better by the standards of VHSL overall football. I mean, when you, if you're not comparing to Riverheads, he's had a heck of a run there and getting those one and nine seasons and minimal win seasons early started winning and then capped it off with a three-year run where they went to a state semifinal, went to a state championship game, and then was knocking on the door again with a region final. So just a great way to cap that off, took that program further than a hit it ever been. And so credit to coach Yo. Um, you know, we, we worked the booth with Chip Crable, who was like a college roommate with him at one point. So, uh, you know, we felt a little more connected there than we probably actually were. Um, but a, a heck of a run 63 win percentage and knowing what he did up front with those years with minimal winning, just even more impressive that, uh, he was able to get at that, you know, 121, 121 wins and 71 losses, really good run. Yeah. I mean, it's a credit to him and what he was able to accomplish there. As you said, I mean, it's we talked about it before the Riverheads games, both of them. Um, when I was in high school, which would have been before Coach Yo, um, Sharando played Central. They were in the same district for a, for a little bit. And Central was one of the teams that you circled and were like, all right, that's a win for us. Like you weren't scared yeah. of them. And, and Coach Yo changed that there. And so yeah. the next guy coming in has got big shoes to fill, but he's also got a much better footing than Coach Yo had when he went in. And, and that's the part that I think, especially in high school, I think the culture's already changed. Now, the, the challenge is keeping that going, um, but yeah. the culture is different there. And I, I do think it's not the same culture of, oh, here's Central High School, just put a W next to it um, and move on. They're waiting for basketball season. Yeah, I, this is a team that could – could compete for region championships. We'll try to get back into that state championship game, see if they can't find a way to win. And, and it's going to be, it's going to be tough for sure, but um, you got to like where the program is yeah. now that coach Yo is um, stepping away. You got to like where the program is now. He's kind of leaving it at a, at a high note. And yeah, he didn't think with the, he didn't with do the, the thing of where he built either, it so. and then it starts to come down and he's like, yeah. Oh, okay yank on the yeah. eject the parachute yeah good luck everyone <laughs> like <laughs> yeah it's not this that. an emergency playing parachute this yeah. is the it's, high point and yeah. uh there's a little stuff to work with so i like that you know i started to think okay bringing this back locally who do who does this remind me of and with before i looked at stats i thought you know coach tibbs he was in that you know mm-hmm. close to 20 year mark and, and that kind of stuff and when i looked it up yeah 19 years coach tibbs a uh, very similar winning percentage a similar amount of wins. It's just Tibbs didn't really have that cap off at the end or, or ever a state championship run that Coach Yo did. If you, if you take Tibbs and, and cap on with Jarelmo's years at the end, then you kind of have it. You have that stretch that was really comparable to what you have here. But when you talk about, you know, the consistency to have 17 years at yeah. one place, you don't see that a lot. I mean, we, we see, you know, five years out of guys and we see nine or 10 years, but, you know, getting – past 15 is tough and it's, it's a hard business and it's a hard, it's, it's uh, stressful. So these guys sticking around that lawn, you know, it's tough. And you talk about local teams that have made those state championship runs, Buffalo gap, the only other team in the Riverheads to win a state championship, Rob Maxwell, he had a 68% uh, percent winning percentage. He only coached 10 years. You have Nathan Floyd who's been there 10 years and he's had those couple years at the state championship level. 
Um, and, and so very, they've already made that state championship run, but those winning percentages are kind of close to what coach Yo is doing. And, and here we're sitting and how good that is. So I just kind of wanted to kind of say, we, we have some good coaches in this area. We've seen some good coaching and uh, it kind of reminded me that it just, it also, while you're doing the stats, you just, that Riverheads one just sits at 82% uh, winning percentage and 10 state championships for coach Cass. It just, it sets out. And then I think it, it's another reminder of how great that program is, but then ignore that coach. has done a great job up there. He rebuilt that program. So uh, he deserves kind, nice words on his way out. I didn't love the last game he coached, but take away that. And that was, that he's done a great job up there. Yeah. All right. What do you got? Anything? Uh, well, let's keep it sports before, because we you did mention we have a lot of topics. Let's keep it sports before we shift. The ACC football schedule coming out this week. Um, yeah. Let me get your opinion. Why Why do you have it broken out over three days? Well, day one was today. Uh, we're recording on Monday. I hope, I hope we're posting this on Monday. And uh, they released week one schedule. We learned one game <laughs> on Monday, and that was Florida State playing Boston College on Monday night on Labor Day. That's the only thing we learned in this uh, opening week one also, schedule. Because everything else is set. Everything else is – Question. Who was asking for Florida State Boston College to be the ACC opener? I mean yeah, – That game's not always uh, super. That game's not always super. What are you doing? Since they went to the big game in uh, the Chick-fil-A bowl, like they they rather get that Saturday night game. And so usually that involves at least one ACC team. Uh, so at Miami and Florida this year, like that, that's sexy. So, okay. But the nation turns its lonely eyes to you on yeah. Monday night football. And you're like, yeah. I, I got them. We're not getting yeah. the respect we deserve as a conference. Let's give them Florida state, Boston college. Uh, and in an extremely biased opinion, I don't know why you wouldn't have a game in lane stadium every year on labor day. Cause I mean, you know, it's going to be some crazy crowd to go in nuts for whoever's but rolling in there. That, you like, can roll Boston college into Virginia tech. It's going to be more interesting of an environment than what they're going to get out of that game. At least pick two good teams, pick a good matchup. Why are you picking Boston college? Yeah, I don't know. I don't know, but that's the only game we learned. So Monday was useless. Tuesday, I'll at least say you're going to learn the Thursday games, the Friday games that I hate and only get in my way, and the specialty games. I'm not even sure. I guess that's Thanksgiving weekend games. I don't know. Um, can't we just release the whole I don't schedule? know why we can't just get it all on Wednesday. I agree. I don't. I, I guess they're trying to pump ratings to the ACC network at 4 p.m. I, people that's, aren't going to That's come the now. time slot that the ACC <laughs> wants to win. Again, this kind of explains a lot. Like, this is why I'm worried that the ACC is going to go with the Big Ten and the SEC and trying to limit the number of conference champions that get in, not realizing that they're the ones that they're going to try to axe out of the playoffs. I, I just, I, I don't understand. I don't understand four o'clock during the weekday. That's the time slot we need to win if we're the ACC. What? Yeah, I don't know. I don't know either. And, and honestly, if you if you said, man, I'm off work today. It's 4 p.m. in the afternoon. I want some college football news. What are you turning on, Joe? I, I'm not turning on the ACC network. You're turning on Paul Feinbaum, maybe <laughs> like something that like it like might talk about some ACC football that like what matters in the ACC. But you're not turning on the ACC network. I don't even know why you're going up against like the. Didn't they get rid of the Packer? rated, but the Didn't higher they get rated, the-, the more known entity of college football talk in the afternoons is Paul Feinbaum. Like we all know that. And didn't they get rid of their morning show, Packer and Durham? That's like, what moved to four. This is that. This is Packer and fill in the blank at 4 p.m. 
This is that. Okay. Yep. Um, so yeah, Wednesday we'll know the schedule. I, you know, I, you're quicker to hate uh, the announcement of schedules. I love it because I designed my life around sports schedules. So I'll start to uh, know the hokey schedule. I like it. Uh, I'm sure I'll have some notes about it next week, but we do not need three days. You are absolutely right about that. I will not argue a touch. It could just be an email. You could just <laughs> send the information out to all the major networks of, hey, here's the ACC football schedule. Go talk about it uh, instead of three days of rolling it Make out. Make a funny social media video instead of making it a three-day I do thing. like those. The NFL does the schedule release. Like The teams. Do yeah. anything. Yeah, I'll, t- I'll take that. If, if we're going to put some production in it, do that. But then we'll have all the schedule. It'd be really we'll be easy. Happy. It'd be really easy to do that with the Labor Day game that you just made. Who's Florida State's opponent on Labor Day for our nationally televised game? Show them a picture of the Boston College logo and see what the person on the street says because they're not going to say the Boston College Eagles because they don't matter. <laughs> like, what a dumb thing to do. Again, just that's <laughs> the whole nation. We've got their attention. You went the long way around. Boston College. <laughs> Boston College. <laughs> He went. He ran around the house to kick in a window. <laughs> You're like the dead. little kid ready to go down a slide, and they just get the big warm up. <laughs> I don't get it. I don't get it. I don't get it. <laughs> All right, one more sports topic, I think. Uh, and this I've is got, more of what I you see know. Two, but okay. All right, all right. Oh, there is two. Sorry. Yeah. Oh, let's get to this one. What I know that you need to know, and we've said it here before. We're not just saying it now. And I think this is a we. Rushing the field, rushing the court, it's over. Stop it, it's over. We've done it, it's over. There's no, it's never impressive anymore. We get Clemson rushing the field after every football game. That's we dumb. get questionable rushings often. Even when you get the biggest of upsets, are we impressed anymore? No, we're not, because we've seen it a hundred times. I've done it a handful of times. It's just not impressive anymore. It's not meaningful anymore. And the only thing that can happen out there, nothing positive, nothing impressive, nothing that makes me happier for somebody, only negative things can happen out there. And to this weekend, we saw an example of that where Caitlin Clark's running off and there is contact between her and a fan. Now, I will tell you, that fan wanted nothing to do with Caitlin Clark. She was running to the thing. So I'm not mad at the fan. I don't think she had evil intent. But any other fan at any given point when they're rushing the field at any school could have evil intent against an opponent. And that something like that is going to happen. And we've seen little things like that happen. Or we've seen a player in a moment where they just got beat and it's an upset. That's why the rushing should be happening unless you're at Clemson. And they could not respond in the best way. These 18-year-olds could not respond in the best way. We just need to keep these people. When Ron Artest went in the stands in the NBA game, we said, players don't belong in the stands. He should be – and he was – the fans don't belong on the field. And countless times we have had that proven to us. And we had another example this weekend. Happily, it's not a worse situation. Happily, it looked like the contact wasn't as violent as it might have first appeared with uh, the body flailing. But I don't care about this incident. It's just an example of why we got to stop the field rushing, all of it. Make some harsh penalties for these schools, and they'll figure out a way to stop it. Well, that, that's what it would take, right? It would take a painful amount of money. Yeah, something that will actually hurt these places. Yeah, it can't be like a $5,000 fine or whatever. It's got to be money that hurts the athletic budget. It's got to be money that makes it hurt because then they would take the necessary steps. They would they would double security if that's what it took to yeah. 
to figure it out. I would like to see the school, because here's the thing. I, I'm torn. When it's like a major, major, major upset, I get it. I get it, but I'm not impressed with it anymore. I used to be. Yeah. Oh, wow, look how many people are out there. Look how quick they got out there. Man, it's packed out there. It's cool. I don't ever feel that way anymore. Yeah, I would like to see the school turn the tradition into, hey, we're not going to rush you out of the arena. Let's just make it a party in the stands. Yeah. Like, if it's college, have the band and or the PA, like, playing music to get the crowd rocking in the stand still and have the have the, the band team. on the field and have them entertain the crowd and yeah. celebrate with them. That's fine. Yeah. Those people belong on the field at some point. Yeah. And then have have the team, like, celebrating, like, up pointing at the crowd or whatever, like, Yes. And then you don't have the problem with the other team that is not enjoying the outcome, potentially. It's the visiting that, team. Yeah. Unless Tech's playing at UVA, it's the visiting team That's, that is yeah. mad walking off the field. Like, let them get out of there and stay off the field. I don't even care. I don't even need a time limit. Like, give them this one. No, just stay off the field. Oh, okay. no, I'm not saying... We're not going to rush you out of the not. stadium. I, know I'm just... I just felt like I started to allude to something like that. No, we, yeah, yeah, yeah. We just no. get off the field. Stay I, off the field. Just make it a party in the – make it a party in the stands. Make it a party in the seats. Like, I don't know, whatever the, the songs of – if that team has songs, play those. Like, enter a Sandman. Have the crowd jumping up and down in Lane Stadium when they Anything. win instead of rushing the field. Have – you know, if it's jump around at Wisconsin or Mr. Brightside at Michigan or whatever the for that school. Of this is like, the positive of this is past. I, I do tend about, to agree. All we're getting ready for is the worst possible things to happen. I do think you're probably right. I do think it, it's going to happen. I'm just glad Caitlin Clark's okay. Like, that was, yes. when I saw that, I was like, oh, man, if she gets hurt. When you first see it, you're all oh, man. But I do think she maybe sold okay. it a little we're bit. Right. I think she, maybe, maybe she sold it a little bit, but that's okay. Maybe it's whatever. She's a dramatic player. She she plays with a lot of motion. I'm not against her. She was hoping to get free throws I, and, and keep the game going. Yeah, but we're good. I'm glad if she plays next game. I'm happy. We're good. Everything's yeah, yeah, good. Yeah. But um, I do agree. I think it's I don't love it. Um, let's keep it sports before I switch it. Um, the other big sports story is the ESPN uh, NFL potential yeah. business deal where the NFL. That's like the only thing. I think that's about the only thing we talked about this past week when that came out. That was crazy. The, and I sent you a video of it. I don't know if you had time yeah, to watch I it did. or not. Okay. Because I, um, I know you like when those guys talk sports business. So I try to send it to you when I see it. It's um, a very good little program. With David Sampson, former Miami Marlins GM and uh or team Skipper. president and John Skipper, former head of ESPN, current head of Metal. And I like Media. Pablo. So and Pablo Torre is the mediator. Yeah. Um, but uh, they were talking about ESPN and NFL, and the deal is rumored to be the NFL gives the NFL Network and the Red Zone to ESPN, and then they get a minority stake in ESPN. I'm sure there's going to be some money involved in that minority stake that they would have to pay ESPN as well and the Walt Disney Company. Um, but then they were the, the reason they talked about it is one, it's somebody else taking over the red zone, which I, I don't like it from that standpoint. I like red zone as is my fears. If ESPN gets their hands on it, they're going to try to change something about it. And then it's not going to be as good. Um, they better not that I agree. <laughs> uh, I liked my direct TV guy fine too, but just leave it alone. Oh, like, I like, great. I like Scott yeah. Hansen. Um, but the other problem there is then ESPN, the worldwide leader in sports and the journalism wing, which it's 
debatable how open that wing is at this point anyway. I think in terms of football coverage would officially be gone. Like, because the NFL is not going to be like, hey, there's this story that doesn't paint us in a good light. It's okay if you do that. Like, And just what you said right there, just the question of, and I wrote it down here, and that's what they talk about in the podcast, the end of ESPN journalism. Just the question of that overall should be enough for you not to really want this. Us, any anybody listening, or ESPN. Now, they've already lit their journalism department on fire, and it's far less than what it used to be, sure. Journalism was already near dead there. So the the what's left to kill is minimal, but you got to have something because there is still some quality of respectability and accountability. And um, I'm losing the wrong ability here, but like you, you believe what they say at some point with ESPN. So people can, I don't know if you or I do as much, but you can. If, as soon as this happens, that's gone. And just the question of that being the case should make ESPN really second guess doing this. Like they got to stay somewhat neutral at some point in the line. They're already heavily invested, but they are in a bunch of leagues and they're already having this. And it was really interesting to hear Skipper talking about their relationship with these leagues and like certain topics would come up and certain leagues would call them and the reaction it got like some leagues would go, yeah, okay, we hear you, whatever. And then other leagues would be like, okay, never talk about that again. Yeah. <laughs> You're getting fired for talking about like, it was interesting to hear him talking about that. Um, but you're, you're going to have them not even – it's never going to be said the first time. You're never going to have the warning shot because it'll just be – it's the company – you're already the company logo. You're not going to say anything bad about yourself. Yeah, and Ugh. it's 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 the problem of – and I think there was an MLB Network person who got fired because they said something in yeah. the offseason that – About the owners. About yeah. the owners, and then they got fired, and people were like, that's not well, right. That's what just happened. Yeah. But, like – that's what just happened in Baltimore this year. The guy on air said something like that wasn't even that could be construed as negative about yeah. the past of the Orioles, and he gets taken off the air. Put this on a national scale, yeah. and that's what you're gonna have. Yeah. And it's gonna take one of those before it never happens again because no one's ever gonna say a bad thing about the NFL. You know, some things aren't perfect in the NFL. We can hear about that, and we should want. But well, you've hear already about seen that. it. This this happened way long ago. Like I think I was. I can't remember when it came out now, if I was in college or in high school at the time. But the concussion documentary that spawned the movies, like the the League of Denial, that was an ESPN and NPR investigative story. And ESPN took their name off of it because the NFL called and said, we are a league partner. You're, You're a league partner. You will not have your name attached to this. And ESPN at that time took their name off of it. I think that was under John Skipper. And that... That I don't love that. Like that was when I was like, uh, no, tell the NFL to kick rocks. Like this is your journalism department. And and it's the same problem. The same call was made when ESPN had the stupid and they shouldn't have had it on there to begin with, but they had that playmaker show. I was in college and it was a dramatic show. And they took the highlight headline stories from the NFL, mostly negative and put it in this show and dramatized it. So this isn't journalism. It's entertainment. Yeah. But the, the NFL said, Nope, no more of that. And that thing was getting rated like crazy. People were watching it. And like the the production value was enough there that it was somewhat worth watching. It was sensational, but somewhat worth watching. NFL said, get it off here. Nothing more. None of it. And they took it off. And so put this with actual stuff that matters and real news and stuff. You know, like there's a lot of real stuff that happens around the NFL within the game. 
outside of the game that affects who's going to be on the field or not. We deserve to know what that is. We deserve it to be reported on. We deserve to have outrage and demand that this league isn't, you know, enabling people to behave badly. And that all goes away when ESPN chops in there. So there's no other entity that can step in and do what ESPN is doing. Well, because the other... You go to ESPN for breaking news. You go to ESPN for sports news. Yeah. No other entity can even step in it. You can have your local, your uh, 6.30 news on ABC, which ABC is not going to do it because they're owned by Disney. You can have Fox. It's just nothing's there. Nothing was already established that. So if you take ESPN just out right there, it's, it's, it's a bad situation. And so it's the same problem we have in, in general news in large part in this country. You look at no, you look no further than who owns that particular media media entity to figure out where their blind spots are going to be. Yeah. Washington post ain't going to write about Jeff Bezos. Not going to happen. Right. Yeah. Fox news. Amazon's not going to have a negative story in the Washington post. Yeah. Which is known for their real journalism and, and Jeff Bezos touch touches on politics all the time and his influence. Yeah. And that's there's and, no reporting on that from the Washington Post. And I don't care what Jeff Bezos or the Washington Post say about oh, he doesn't have editorial control of what we put. Okay. Sure. Controls who he fire hires and fires. Yeah. <laughs> Controls whether the check gets cashed this week or not. Like yeah. it and it's you know, the Murdochs aren't gonna have bad stories on Fox News about them. Like, I mean, it's just it's it's both sides have their own blind spots and the news and countless others. And I mean, like, that's two examples. Honestly, when you want to get down to the nitty gritty, when we when we allowed, quote unquote, news and journalism of any kind to become for profit, to become for profit, that is where the Pandora's box was opened and. There were problems then. It's yeah. even Once worse news now. Didn't look like what PBS's news looks like. That's when the problem started. Yeah, and it's even worse now, and it's only going to become worse as we as we move on because it's. I don't know. I don't want to make it a general overarching society problem, but like greed is worse now than it has ever been, and it will only get worse. And so it's why like people don't trust media. It's why. If ESPN and the NFL, if this deal goes through, you have any story from ESPN (laughs) is basically from the NFL and what they want said. And and take it back to our last time. We're mad about what ESPN's doing. They got the ESPN bets. So you're going to have one house own the news about NFL, the showing me of the NFL and the betting of the NFL. Like. It's just, and it's, it's going to be WWE. And here's the problem. Wrestling. Here's the problem too. Like they're going to have a guy come yelling out at halftime about the injury updates in some dramatic way, because you know, they got thrown through the table by the ex-wife of this guy. It's going to be WWE so quickly. It won't be that, but, um, but, but John Skipper, I, I exaggerate because the, the, the competency of it will be equivalent. John Skipper and David Sampson also touched on this. When it comes to the media rights deals, if you're Fox, CBS, NBC, Amazon, insert other streamer, like they're going to have legitimate cases. And this is this is the only thing that might prevent this deal from being done is when that media rights deal comes up, you cannot claim that there's not going to be an unfair advantage. Yeah. 
because you can't outbid somebody that's in. Yeah, you can't outbid somebody that's in the if same the family. NFL, you know, like, if the NFL has stock in the ESPN and ESPN loses the NFL media rights, ESPN stock goes down, the NFL stock goes down. Right. That doesn't help. Like, so, so I mean, you're like, a, you're, you might as well have a lifetime on Monday Night Football and playoff games and NFL draft coverage. And all these other networks would love those spots. You don't think NBC wouldn't mind, you know, they, they love their Sunday night football, but if they could like get into Monday night football, they're interested. They have some interest there. And if yep. the value does ESPN have to bid as much, do they have to be as competitive or are they know the NFL is just gonna be like, Oh, well we, we got to keep them on board. So they're going to have Monday night football and it's not going to be as high. Like, I don't like it good. at all. I don't like good. it at all. I hope that doesn't happen. I, I hope. Skipper was pretty pessimistic about it actually going down. He was, um, which gives me hope because of anybody that I've listened to in media and John Skipper, I've heard him come on some of my media podcasts and I always really respect what he's saying. Cause he was in the room for everything that I know of ESPN growth. Um, yeah, I, with him being pessimistic gives me a lot of hope. Yeah. And he's optimistic about things that I hope he's wrong about, but that's true. That's true too. The Super Bowl being a pay per view is, and I yeah, think this. I would absolutely hate that. The Peacock is just the beginning, folks. Like, it's, well, we said that too, but yeah, that that's just the beginning. Ugh. Um, but then we're all gonna still buy it. Like, we hate this, but oh, and that's what they're banking on. I mean, I'm still gonna watch Super Bowl. I'm still gonna. That's what they're banking on. Now, yeah. the 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 case study that I guess I would say be careful. Boxing was the nation's most popular sport, and then it went to pay-per-view, and now boxing does not matter. There will come a point where people will be like, don't care. Like, and because, I mean, well, there in the is, first year, you're going to lose number. You, like, what, 120 million watch Super Bowl, something like that? I, I mean, will say, year, you're if, they go, if they go pay-per-view, and I'm still watching commercials, the Super Bowl being an every year thing might not be my thing anymore. Yeah, when you get <laughs> it, yeah, because if get it's teams I don't Ravens care in my house, I ain't watching that crap. <laughs> but yeah, but if it's two teams I don't care about, I'm right. gonna be like, no. Why would I pay money? Why would I pay? Yeah, I'll follow along on yeah. social media. Considering everything else about the Super Bowl continually loses its pop culture, like the commercials aren't what they used to be. The the halftime acts aren't you know like you can take it or leave it. Like it's not the pop culture sensation that the Super Bowl used to be. So yeah, if it's two teams I wouldn't care about, if it's two teams I wouldn't watch on a Thursday night during the season, then why would I pay money for it then? Yeah. And, and again, when you're paying money for it, better not this. I, I do not like commercials on things I'm paying for that bugs the bleep out of me. The, the fact that, like, Netflix is entertaining, like, oh, well, we might bring ads in. I'm like, I think you're forgetting why you're popular. And, and some of these streaming services are going to kill themselves, which is great, because then their stuff comes up for bid, and people will buy it, and it just gets more consolidated, and I don't have to pay as much money to a thousand different people, and my money's going in different, fewer directions, which I think is good. But I, I just, yeah. The if they make the Super Bowl pay per view, 
better not have commercials then. And that game better fly. That better be the shortest football game ever because we don't have all these commercial breaks and media timeouts we have to take. We just roll on, baby. Get the halftime show in. Bing, bang, boom. Game. Yeah. All right. Do you want to talk what's about dominating your life? Uh, what's dominating my life? It's going to be dominating my life for the until February 1st, I guess. Uh, and then maybe a week after that. But Billy Joel today announced there will be a new pop single released. Now, his definition of pop in today's generation, today's uh, generation of definition of pop are probably two different things. Um, but he's releasing a new single on February 1st. I'm pumped. So question. Yeah. Elton John put out a single like a year ago, and it was just Britney Spears discoing up his song or technoing up his song. Is that what happened with Billy Joel? Are we getting Dua Lipa, Dua Lipa with Billy Joel here? Is that what we're getting? Um, I don't know. I don't know. Oh, man. If it, Billy Joel and Halsey. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, whoo, whoo, look out. <laughs> oh man i i've had three jokes i've <laughs> edited out so far so. <laughs> but yeah that that would be the dream i guess but in lieu of that i'm excited for the billy joel's billy joel song the last time he released a single was uh 2007 it was all my life a song he wrote for his current wife. Um, that one wasn't great. Not one of his best. Um, before that, it was I when he wrote a song for my current wife. It was in 93 when it was River of Dreams, that album. Um, See, 93. Honestly, if you said, when was the last time Billy Joel was, I say early 90s, 93. I think I was exactly yeah. River of what Dreams. It was River of Dreams. That song's a banger. Um, oh, yeah. And um, yeah. So I'm hoping, I mean, I'm hoping this one's good. I, you know, I, if, if what he's playing in the little teaser video, it seems like the start, it has, you know, the little flourish and preamble to the song. Um, I like that. So yeah, I like Billy Joel. I'm hopeful. I'm hopeful for you. And then, and then that gives me the reason in May to re-rank the songs and tell you where they are. And Leland will hate it for the next like ten weeks, but then took the summer off. <laughs> <laughs> I what's dominating my life? I have a commitment before the Oscars, which are in March, is to watch not all, but as many of these Oscar-nominated films as possible, and ma- mainly the ones that can show up in my lap and and watch under what I'm already doing or if I'm at a friend's house that has those availabilities. So we saw American fiction. We actually dig over the movie theaters. We have a yearly anniversary uh, for our first date where we go to the movie theaters. So we saw American fiction. It was solid. It was good. I I would be surprised if that's the best picture. I think it's supposed to be nominated for it. Um, It's hard to kind of explain what's going on in the movie without kind of ruining it to a degree, but it's an author who, uh, He's, he's a black author and he's trying not to buy into the stereotypes of, of what sells as a black author, uh, you know, within the realm of what that movie's saying. Um, and, and it's well acted. It's well produced. It's a well done movie. 
Um, I do think you start to, they're, they're making fun of tropes, but then at the same time, I think there's tropes. So it's kind of, I think there's levels of, uh, of yeah. Making fun of themselves there. And I think it gets a little thick. Um, but I, I think it's, it's, it's well done. Uh, you know, people will be nominated for best acting in that movie and they deserve it because it's really well done. And there's a lot of great people that show up in it. So uh, I'm not saying run out to the theater and go see it, but particularly before the Oscars, if it does show up on a streaming site, uh, check it out. You know, it's, it's worth watching. They make, there is some good points in there. There's some unexpectedness in there that you don't expect. So um, yeah, it's, it, it was all right. I'm, I'm looking forward to some of these other ones. I used to have a list in here of what I was trying to watch. Uh, but I know Oppenheimer, I don't think that's going to win Best Picture either, but I do think that's going to be coming on. That's um, on HBO, I think. It was on HBO, and I missed my chance. Now it's coming on Peacock in the middle oh, of February. That's so that's right. when I'm going to watch that. Uh, I've heard on Peacock also the Holdovers. I'm going to try to watch that. I had a list in here. I, I wish I could... Uh, find it um but yeah so you'll hear about more of these as i talk about what's dominating my life we're finally going to wrap up the uh rewatch that we've been on and first on my list it jumped to the top because of recommendation i know joe you recommended it too but my parents watched it my mom told me to watch that show on netflix that you told us about fool me once yeah fool me once and they enjoyed it so we're gonna i think that's what we're gonna go to next i'm still gonna swing around to uh, slow horses, but uh, we're. I think we're gonna put that in front. Yeah, I don't know what slow horses is, but it's not fool me. We, once. I talked about it one week, but that's fine. You don't. You never heard of it before. That's fine. Yeah. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I do remember you talking about it. it. Just that's how much of an impression it left on me. I was like, yeah. Um, it looks good. It really does look good. But uh, yeah, I was gonna, hoping you're gonna tell me. I American keep wanting fiction. to watch it, and we keep not starting to watch it. So it, that's telling me at least a little bit of something. So we're gonna throw this other one in front, and then get us out of the. The rewatch we're in is just the feel-good rewatch. I need to get out of that mode and watch something different, and so I'm looking forward to that. I was hoping that um, you were going to tell me American Fiction was on a streaming site, because I I do want to watch that, uh, but it's probably not something I'm going to go into the movie theaters and see, because I don't like going to the movie theaters, because I don't like people. Um, we, we don't either. We've discovered that about ourselves since uh, coming back to movie theaters, because we were out of them for a yeah. couple of years. Um, yeah, we're even even in this experience, it wasn't like like it's kind of like a see you next year. This movie is like, too recent. It's too recent. Like you got to wait like three or four weeks at least. Oh, there wasn't many people in there. It wasn't like other people. It's just the like Netflix and everything's ruining us because it's so much nicer sitting on your couch and we have a nice viewing area with yeah. the nice TV. So like it, it, yeah. it, the the gain from a movie theater is so minimal these days. And uh, yeah, I don't know. I mean, there is options in my life that can kind of reproduce a movie theater that are, are a lot, a lot better too. So I, I just, I think, I think we're out on movie theaters for a while. Yeah. The last three times we had been to a movie theater had been some kind of bad experiences. So this was at least better, but it's still like, nah, see you next year. Um, Napoleon was the last time I went to a movie theater and I hated it. Um, but I also hated the movie. The, the theater experience wasn't the problem with that. It was, what you I told watching. you talked about a bad one though since then where people didn't know how to behave oh that was indiana jones yeah yeah i guess we went to that one that was that one where the people are just idiots yeah that was that was the theater experience was the problem there um but 
Top Gun was all right, but that was also like kind of right in the middle of like still COVID stuff going on, so not a lot of people were there. Um, I don't know. Indiana Jones was like the worst theater experience I've had in a long time. That was bad. Yeah. yeah. Uh, but I guess what I know that you need to know is a couple things. Um, there's a lot going on right now. Um, and I think I've complained about this before. <laughs> but I don't think we would have a podcast anymore if we didn't complain about what we complained about before. Yeah, I just <laughs> I understand. Oh, this is the college football playoff. I understand. <laughs> no, it's not sports related. Um, I understand this is like their rule because and this law is probably in place if it's a law i don't know but it's it's in place to protect me uh from myself maybe but i need contacts right and we go through this whole thing of like oh well it, you it's gotta all update, a racket dude you gotta update don't your even, prescription I don't even wear them don't even have to tell me it's a racket yeah you gotta update your prescription and i'm like can't we just like i i can see fine can we skip the formalities? Yeah, I, my vision's <laughs> fine. I, it's not changing. If it changes, it's my problem, and I'll go to the eye doctor then. But until then, can you just give me more contacts because I need them? I'm like, well, it's been over a year, and I'm like, uh, and they're like, well, you know, like you could have problems with your eyes that could be eye health, and we want to catch them. And I'm like, you know what? I I don't care about that. And they're like, well, you know, it could lead to potential death. And I was like, that's not the threat you think it is. But okay, like. <laughs> Just give me my contacts. Like, I don't want to go through this. Like, like that's win-win. I get my contacts and I don't have to deal with global warming or whatever hellscape waits us in the future. Great. Win-win. Um, but, yeah, I was just like, come on. I hate this. I hate having to go to the eye doctor because you need me to pay somebody money to get a prescription. Or they'll yeah. give me a solid. No, it's a racket. They'll do me a solid, send me a thing, and then I pay them $20 to take some eye exam that nobody is li- nobody's paying attention to. I guarantee you no one's paying attention to over at 1-800-CONTACTS. They're just like, did he do it? Yeah? All right. F it. You the- got your money. Now it's time for ours. Yeah. yeah. Did, the, did the payment clear? All right. Cool. Yeah. Here's your contacts. That'll be, you know, way more money now. Like, yeah. I just... And- no, anything in that field is a racket. Uh, my wife deals with it. And I mean, my parents always have, to. it's always something it's always, it's never as easy as it should be. Yeah. And I don't think it's just a local thing. Um, I, yeah, I have very close family that works in that field and I'll, it, it's just, I don't, I don't have any faith in it. Um, but anything in even the medical field, when you can have a pharmacy in downtown Stanton that won't accept insurance, and their prices on everything is way cheaper than what anybody pays with insurance. That's that's all part of the same problem. All part of the same problem. Oh, sure. But, like, it's just... They're allowed to have these rackets. They have these built-in rackets, and it's messed up. And the eyes have their own little deal. Yeah. See, it's bullcrap. It is. And then it's like a thing of, you know, like, I did the, I did the 1-800-CONTACTS, quote-unquote, express exam, where they send you the th- link. And I've done it before, and this time it's it. this time it's different. And like, so I, I I'm doing this before we record, and I'm trying to get it done, and it's like an unexpected error occurred, and I and so I just finished. It's like an unexpected error occurred. Uh, try again. And I was like, okay, 
So, like, then I call 1-800-CONTACTS, and I'm like, did it go through? Because I don't want to have to do this again. I got stuff to do. And she's like, oh, it didn't go through. And I was like, can we just say it went through? Like, I'll pay the $20 or whatever it is. I don't care at this point. Just take the money and just let me get the contacts. And she's like, well, you know, we have to technically, you know, have it. We have to have the prescription updated. And I was like, and she's like, it might be your laptop. And I was like, well, every other website on the Internet is working. So I don't think it's my laptop. And she's like, well, could you maybe try a phone? And the, so in case you're new to this and don't know what I'm talking about, what they want you to do is set this device up, so for the eye exam, and then step 10 feet away. And I was like, I tell you what, if I can see multiple letters from my phone from 10 feet away, I wouldn't be calling you. I wouldn't need contacts. I would have perfect bleeping vision. <laughs> and... I didn't say that because it's not her fault. She's just a cog in this evil empire that is scamming me. Money, little bits of money at a time. But, oh, it's so frustrating, and I hate that. And then the other thing, which is not me being angry at somebody else. It's just a problem I have been, that's been introduced into my life now. Uh, the person I've been getting my hair cut with, I'm still probably going to go to the same business and just try out another person, and we'll see how that goes. But the person I have had do my haircuts for, I don't know, a couple years now? year and a half at least. Uh, apparently, it's not an option anymore. So that's always a dangerous time, um, and we'll see what happens. But I've told you about my haircut. Yeah, Listen, you didn't you didn't approve when we first talked about it. So yeah, mine's a little. It's not like yours though. <laughs> yours is just like the with a razor, and mine's a little more than that. So I just I don't know. If you have recommendations, I get scissors on the top of my head. I don't believe it. It doesn't look like it. <laughs> oh, I'll pass that message along. <laughs> <Don't. laughs> I'll never be invited back. But, my um, haircut person cuts my son's hair too. So I like Arlo's hair. I just I don't know. I just I don't want to drive all the way out there to get my hair cut. <laughs> what I'm beating around here for our listeners, because I think I can say this in an appropriate way. I, I alluded to early in our friendship of uh I was uh sleeping with the person that does my hair. It's it's my wife. He didn't know that when I, I said did not that. know and that. So he was mad at me. Like he he stopped talking. You could see he was physically irritated with what I was saying. And I just kind of was saying it, passing it off. And, you know, but she's expensive, but worth it. You know, like bought her. I didn't say all this. I bought her a house and all that, you know, like that kind of stuff. Um, but he's just mad. And finally, I kind of figured out he was mad. I was like, what? It's Stephanie, man. It's my wife. And he's like, oh, I was going to say. And he like, it was so. Yeah, this was very early in us knowing each other as well. This was very early in us knowing each other too. Yes, and I don't I know if it. I don't know if you knew the family history on my side. I I didn't, and we don't have uh, to drive into that. Yeah, either, yeah, yeah. But it was I respect but, that you were looking out, and uh, that was good. So yeah, that is a funny story now because at the time I do remember you saying that. I do remember thinking like I don't know who he thinks he's talking to. <laughs> it's not him you mad. You i'm like, not him got further away from me in a car yeah because i was like what am i supposed to do with this like next time i see his like if i ever meet his wife i'm gonna be like hey do you know your husband's cheating on you with whoever does his hair which that would have honestly been funny if you hadn't said anything 
Now, I might not have ever gone over to your house. Though. And you like looked her up to this, tell on me. Yeah, yeah, this podcast may have never have it. Yeah, I call your wife and I'm like, <laughs> did you know Leland is having an affair with whoever cuts his hair? And she's like, I cut his hair. And we're like, oh. <laughs> tell Leland I'm sorry for yelling at him. <laughs> but um, yeah, no, that would have been something. Um, but yeah, I don't know. I, I'm looking for. So if you have recommendations, um, Preferably in the Waynesboro area, but, you know, if you're in the Stanton area, I guess it's not too far. I don't know. I just, life is easier when the person that I am I get used to cutting my hair is cutting my hair. Life is easier. And life yeah. is easier when I don't have to get a prescription for my vision every year when I don't need it changed. I just need you to give me the damn contacts so I can yeah. see. That's I that's agree. That's kind of it. Um, I don't have to go to the dentist to get a different toothpaste every 12 months. The thing like, the dentist that gets on my nerves, my dentist used to, if a cavity was found, most of the time he would fix it while I was there during the cleaning. Loved it. Yeah, that would be good. I've had two dentists come in for him since. They always he retired and we had a new one and then we had another new one and neither of them will do that. It's like, all right, we'll get you scheduled for another. And it's like, I don't want to come back in a week. Like it's not. Yeah. I don't like coming here, period. Yeah, I don't. I, I used we used to take our kids with us to the dentist so they could see like the dentist is a nice place and all this. And I'm like they shouldn't watch me because I'm not the greatest patient as a, at a dentist. I don't. That's like also it. not a good idea to lie to your kids. Yeah, they've gone. They've had better experience. They've had great experience though at the pediatric dentist. I think they they approach the kids in a great way. Um, but like they just don't need to watch me in the chair. They don't need that. Yeah, we're like at the adult dentist. They scratch your gums with the hook, and then they tell you they're not touching your gums. And, yeah. I, and I'm like, oh, it's that's cool. I didn't – in science class, I was told my teeth don't have blood vessels inside of them. And I, my teeth don't bleed. My gums bleed. <laughs> but I guess you're the expert here. I guess that stabbing feeling I'm feeling in my gums is all in my imagination as well. That's – okay. That's good yeah. to know. Yeah. All right. Well, make sure if you want to hear more stuff like this, and this is your first time, glad to have you. Make sure you are subscribed to us on Podbean, Apple, Google, or Spotify, or, or however you found us this time. Find us again. And uh, make sure you say, say friends were available. Spoiler alert, if you're on Google Podcasts, you might want to start looking for another one. Podbean or Spotify or Apple Podcasts or whatever. Because... Oh, is it going away? I didn't know that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I missed that. That's how I, that's how I do my podcasts. Good luck. Old Tony's going to have to be found a different way. I think he's on Spotify. He is. He's everywhere. Um, <laughs> but I have all those media ones that I'll have to find, too. I listened to Richard Deitch with Paul Feinbaum, actually, uh, this weekend. That was a good one. Oh. Um, all right. Uh, at Yak Sports Pod is how you interact with us on Twitter or Facebook or by emailing us, yaksportspod at gmail.com. So make sure you are following us and subscribed and you're letting other people know about what we're doing here. Talk about the sports that matter to you, the Augusta County sports fan. Talk to you next week. You've been listening to Yak Sports, your Augusta County sports podcast.